Welcome back to the show. Now, my next guest is a horror writer, a writer of horror novels. Um, she's written 37 books to date, um, so she probably needs no introduction to many of you. Velma Griffin, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Velma, horror. Mm. What, what, what do you think it is that drives people to, to seek out horror? Well, there's a couple of things that psychologists will tell you, and I don't believe any of them, to be honest. Uh, I think that it's a really innate sort of fundamental need that we have, is to seek out the bloody, the gory, and the hideous. Uh, psychologists will say that it's often people with the most sort of cotton-wooled lives, if you will, that will seek it out the most really, in right. order to balance their lives, balance the, the, the pristine with the gore. But I believe we all have it in us to, to love it. So, so people are looking for a thrill. That's what the psychologists will tell you. Yes, okay, but, but, but I believe we're all looking for that thrill. Some of us just don't know it yet. Oh really? So so how I mean, how do you how do you lure people into the horror world if they feel a bit afraid? Like I'm I'm you know, gently, oh. <laughs> <laughs> very gently, Michael, very gently. Oh. Uh, just dip a toe, see oh. how it feels, <laughs> and you can come waiting in later. Yes. That's what I yeah. that's what I would say. Mm. <laughs> well, I'd follow you many places now, Velma. Uh, your latest novel. Um, the Fangs of Elderon. Um, what's that about? This is one of my beginner reads. So if you've been a fan of my older books, uh, I released four in, four in uh, 2015. I really pushed the boat out uh, on the last few, and in fact, some were some were taken off the shelves. <laughs> so this yeah. one, I've, I've gone back to baby horror. Yeah, horror you, for, you, for, for babies. Horror for babies. Um, That's right. Yes. How, what age? I mean, is this for parents to read to their children? That's right, yes. I mean, you can also leave it in the crib if you like to have your baby fondle or yes, touch the book. This, but um, this but also the words will have to be read to the baby, of course, because, of course, a lot of babies uh, <laughs> babies don't know how to read. No, they don't. D does the book have pictures? Oh, yes, plenty of pictures. Oh, yeah, I'm flicking through now, and these are not actually... These aren't drawings. These are realistic photos of, I mean, horrifying events. Yes. So I uh, crowdsourced a lot of these photographs, and um, I received so many. I couldn't even fit them all in the book. But um, some of them are perhaps uh, for my... Um next year's uh, catalog, wow. uh, which yeah. I, I would like to return to adult uh, horror next year. But uh, for now, it's uh, babies, baby horror. Baby horror, yes. That's um, right, yes. Um, had you received a lot of complaints about these books? Oh, yes. But I mean, as much as we have the need for horror, we have the need to complain. It's within us. It's deep within us, even if we don't know we have it, you know? Yeah, I, g I guess... A complaint I is merely a compliment uh, of another description. 
I suppose, in a way. I mean, if you're writing horror, then then the thing is, you Precisely. want to get a, a reaction That's from, art. from art. people. My horror is multidimensional and uh, multifaceted. Yeah. Now, some would say you also lead a horror lifestyle. I mean, you're dressed all in black here today, um, but you also seek out terrifying experiences. Is that, is that fair? Absolutely. I always have, and I think everyone should. My books give a little taste of a life that has lived through seeking out horror. Yeah. But me personally, yes, I do it for real, not just on a page. So how do you do that? What do you do? Do you, do you like, go bungee jumping, or oh. is it... Please, I, no. I, I did that. I did that as a young teen, but I've moved on to uh, something up a level, shall we say. Okay, can you not tell me the details? Well, no, I mean, of course I can. I mean, I'd like you to find out in my books if you wouldn't mind uh, doing it that way too. But, you know, you'll get much more colorful descriptions if you actually purchase the books. Um, uh, So uh, some of my terrifying experiences would be kindly donated by my fans. Again, I... Well, it's called crowdsourcing now, but you know, we've done that uh, for for a long time. Put out a plea, put out a cry, and have people respond. So, so, so you encourage your fans to give you horror, horrifying experiences? Yes. Like, I mean, do they chase you? Do they yes. capture, kidnap yes, you? Yes, yes, yes. Um, do they turn up as monsters? or Yes. Have they broken into your house? Yes. Have they thrown you down a well? Mm. Do do they uh, stick you in a cave with a like? A That's right. You've read you've read a few, so I see. Yeah. Yes. Um. I mean, uh, what's not vanilla now? It's hard to hard to say. At this stage, it's all rather bland. But uh, one of my uh, recent, most, I suppose, terrifying experiences was being buried alive. You were buried alive? Undersea. Undersea? So you were in a coffin and just thrown into the sea? No, no. I was uh, in a coffin and um, some of my fans who had a submarine went uh, and prepared a, a plot, a grave. Uh, on the bed of the ocean, so they actually okay. buried me under the sand at the bottom of the ocean. And did you know that they were going to let you out again, or did they let you well, out again? That wouldn't be that wouldn't be very that wouldn't be very terrifying, would it? No, no. So they were um, they were uh, in the guise of uh, one of my ex husbands uh, who. Uh, did try to bury me alive for real. Um, yeah. It started out as a, a love joke. <laughs> <laughs> a love joke, yeah. We've all had those. But uh, when the marriage went sour, it became a hate joke. And uh, uh, these fans... So he, he would do that. He would bury you while you were still married. In a loving way. And then when you got divorced, he decided to keep on burying you. It was actually prior to the divorce. Yeah. It was one very confusing burial, where I don't—I don't think either of us quite knew whether it was a love joke or a terror joke. <laughs> um, but I will say that they mm, sound pretty similar: love jokes and terror jokes. If if a love joke is to bury you in the ground, well, the different. terror joke uh, 
in this case, uh, the original, uh, when my husband did it, uh, um, after things had gone sour, he didn't intend on uh, digging me up, so to speak. I clawed he my was, way out. Oh, you clawed your way out? And were you under the sea? Or was that just a regular earth uh, burial? That I was under the sea, but quite shallow. Oh, okay. Well, that's, I guess, thoughtful of him, or maybe just lazy. <laughs> well, uh, yes, I mean, I think it probably was lazy. Uh, it probably was that, I'm sorry yeah. to say. But that, you know, best-selling novel. Yes, um, that led, of course, to your, to your best-selling novel. Seaside. Seaside, yeah, but with the side being a C, the letter C, so it's like <laughs> patricide or suicide, suicide, or yeah, yeah, very good. Some um, people pronounce it suicide, but it should be pronounced seaside. Seaside, brilliant, very clever, very clever. Um, so you you mentioned your ex husband there. You you have five ex husbands. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh, Two of whom died of heart attacks, is that right? Yes. Um, during some of your horror exploits? Mm. Can, you, can you tell us about that? Oh, well. Again, you'll get a more descriptive uh, retelling of the story if you buy my books. But yeah. Um, George, I think you were referring to, was the first husband who died by a heart attack. Um, and it was actually a... A love joke that he played on me that backfired. I, uh, oh dear, what happened? He um, had prepared a meal with um, some rancid meat. <laughs> right. It still hurts. Um, uh, physically? Yes, and, and emotionally. Um, he prepared a meal. <laughs> with some rancid steaks and yeah. uh, right he was cooking them for he was doing a slow roast right and some of the some of the spores in the mold actually degraded more quickly than he thought in the yeah. oven and the vent picked them up but the vent was broken and spewed them out and he, he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack from spores <laughs> of rotten meat, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, people, a lot of the uh, reviews for uh, Stake Through the Heart, as the novel became, um, were that they couldn't believe that a, that a horror novel about just gone off meat would be that terrifying but it really was quite surprisingly a hit for you yeah. I think well of course the first half of the story was you know about the dead butcher right so all of his meat went rancid because he just he wasn't, wasn't attending to wasn't, it he, no. wasn't, he didn't monitor the conditions in his cold room yeah and of course, that butcher had been brutally murdered mm. by by another man. What, I mean, I know this is a little bit to yeah. ask of you on the spot, but would you would you mind giving us a reading from Stake Through the Heart? I 
important. Do you mind if I just clear my throat? Please. That is a very dark red liquid you're drinking there. Well, a fan, a fan sent this to me last week. Oh, wow. It's a juice of some sort. Okay. Right. Don't, yeah, you don't look into that. You just take it on face value, yeah. Beetroot. Okay, so this is, um, stick through the heart. I'm going to read from chapter three. Okay, great. The cold room wasn't so cold anymore. John had returned from his trip to Liberia. A changed man. He learned new ways to spice beef and old ways to preserve it. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm actually getting kind of scared now already. (laughs) Sorry, please continue. Cloves were a key factor along with cinnamon and star anise, key components of many foods in Liberia. He learned that the best spiced beef is marinated for 48 hours. That's much longer (laughs) than is standard in America, which is usually six to eight. Of course, the beef was tougher because they sold a lot of they're better guts to richer countries. Liberian beef is free range. <laughs> it seems to be, sorry for breaking in here, but it seems to be mostly just about meat preparation. I mean, it is kind of it's scary. Building, it's like building it's, momentum yeah, to something. Yeah. You have to set the scene. Of course, you have to yeah, get yeah. people to sorry, connect with the sorry. characters. Sorry, I shouldn't have interrupted, yeah. But yes, chapter it three is, is a lot about... Um, to be fair, it is quite a scary font. Um, even the even though it is just about meat preparation, it is, uh, yeah. Some very pointy um, seraphing. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Another key component is the pot in which the steak is cooked, or the beef. Or the beef. John had created a pot in Liberia with his own hands. His own butcher, beefy, bare hands. Clay was mainly used, and also a little bit of wood. I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, I sorry. Can't it's, it's, do this. I'm, yeah, I you suppose. know what? I mean, I knew John. He was it, a local butcher of oh, mine. Okay. So, and um, of course, these stories were passed from John to my hus- my ex husband to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just hard to read because of how yeah, he was I murdered. It's a, yes, and your husband by died a, uh, as a consequence of yeah. this as well. He was murdered by a Liberian farmer. What? After learning all the secrets of Liberian They were meat secrets, you see. Uh, and um, family secrets that the Liberian men had, they had been passed down from generation to generation. And um, he just wasn't too happy, you know, uh, too happy with what, um, with how they were being used mm, publicly. Mm. Let me ask. Let me ask you then. Are, I, so mm. the the baby horror is out in the shops yes, now. Yes, the baby horror is definitely it's a beginner horror. You know, um, yeah, it's something that the whole family can enjoy, and it's really just that dipping of the toe. Um, but I, 
I've got to know, are you working on anything at the moment? I mean, there has been speculation that you're returning to some of your famous characters. Well, I have a flesh-eating disease at the moment, so I'm oh. not sure. Uh, okay. All right, that is how does, I'm not sure was how... That a, a, in, yes, a it was fan. a fan. Uh, a very flesh. kind... Very kind, but uh, it has taken hold. <clears throat> can see my Oh arms my god, those are, were um, barely arms. I wouldn't even call them arms anymore. Well, I that's, have, that's why the long sleeves, I usually yeah. wear capped sleeves, but... Yeah, there seem to be feathers growing out of your arms there. That's um, just... It's, um, Is that part of the disease? It's, oh, it's a lot dear. of fluff from the inside of my jumpers oh. stuck to uh, the oh, I see. gauze. Oh, the gores. The gauze. And the gore. Yeah. Uh, indeed. That is, of course, my next book. Gauze and gore? The gauze and the gore. The gauze and the gore. Yeah. Now, this is a horror um, take on The Fast and the Furious, the series of films. That's right, because um, the the fan that um, provided me with the, the, the disease in a bottle um, yeah. actually uh, ran me over um, first as a... Um, the, the step one of his terrifying gift. So that wasn't enough. Ran you over and then decided, okay, and Well, as I say, there's not much that's not vanilla uh, the, anymore, so yeah, yeah, I asked for it, I suppose. Okay. I mean, I'm a little bit worried to be in your presence now because something else could just suddenly yes. happen. Yeah. Well, I guess I'd better um, say thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Again, my books are all still um, being printed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I recommend, yes, if you're nervous, start off with baby horror. Um, and uh, then you can move to adult when, when you're ready. <laughs> and Great. remember, uh, horror is for everyone, even those who don't know it yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Velma Griffin, um, thank you very much for thank being you. on the show. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I think, is there someone at the door for you there? It's just a shadow has appeared at the... Oh, my God. I can only hope it's death.